0: Welcome to the 10th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are, and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developers themselves, and in the second half, we discuss the game they are here to promote. In this case, we have Legend of Dungeon by Robot Loves Kitty. Please introduce yourselves, Calvin and Alex. Alex.
1: Hello, I am Calvin.
2: And I am Alex. Ahoy!
1: So, who are you both?
2: Uh, we are humans.
1: No, that's <laughs> not true.
2: That's not true?
1: <laughs> so, no, I heard we are a husband and wife developer team, and we like making video games. So okay.
2: I guess that's who we are, yeah, yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cool, because uh, I hope it, there's different answers to that. Some of them say, I am CEO of this me Totally. But I <laughs> do that. And like This is why I'm so drawn to you two. It's like, yeah, we're just a, a couple that makes video games and makes amazing videos, which we'll come on to later. Um, <laughs> how did you start making games? How did it all start for you two?
2: It's more like we never stopped. You know, like when you're a kid and you make like little games up to amuse yourself with, we just never stopped. But video games...
1: So for me, it started because I, I was—I actually was a 3D modeler. I, well, I started doing it as a hobby, and I would make cool spaceships and things like that. And then I would want to play with them. I'd want to have them fly around. Right. And so I would need to write code to get so I could fly them around. And then it would just kind of turned into video games. That's kind of that's kind of where I started with it. Um,
0: that's really cool because one of my favorite earliest video games I ever played when I was a teenager. And I'm very old. Uh, was uh, Elite. Do you know Elite? Forgive me for asking that. A lot of It are, so. sounds familiar. Yeah, it's the world's first sandbox game. So cool. it's basically, um, it, was a, it was it was launched in 1984. Told you I was old. <laughs> and um, it was on, it was on various 8-bit computers that are prevalent in the UK and Europe. We didn't get a NES until many, many years later. I know, trying to imagine that, a world without NES, but that's what we had. We had these 8-bit computers, like the Commodore 64 and stuff like that. That's what we mm. had.
1: That's what I grew up on.
0: yeah. yeah. I, I personally grew up on the Spectrum, ZX Spectrum, but it's mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was the rival to the Commodore 64 in the UK. Yeah. Anyway, this mate, this game was amazing because it had 3D spaceships, wireframe 3D spaceships that you flew through space, and you just did what you liked. You, that's did, awesome. you, you could You could be a pirate, or you could be a bounty hunter. You could be a trader, and you could do what you like. And they managed to do this. They managed to fit eight galaxies of space, flying around through space, trading, and all sorts of things, and picking up fuel scoops from from dying suns, all sorts of stuff, in twenty two kilobytes of memory.
2: Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that is very, very just, impressive. That is beautiful. Yeah. It
0: really is. You should read up about it. It's an amazing. There is an amazing story. That I might link you to. It's just. They used procedural uh, generation, basically. they got had the, Because they had no RAM, they right. had the computer generate content and then delete it because you weren't there, so you don't need it. Right. <laughs> so it would just toss it out the window.
1: And, and then they would say, to look that
0: up. It, was, cool. it was an amazing feat. And uh, everything was randomly generated, even the descriptions of all the planets. Hmm. Because there is descriptions of all the planets. Each, each planet has a, had a political allegiance, like, Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. But it's on 22 kilobytes of RAM. But the the key point is they had these 3D wireframe ships flying through the sky. Uh, and and it was using, like, Newtonian physics as well. Amazing. So all in 22 kilobytes of RAM and using, like, Z80 processors. Like, there's really basic processors. Yeah. Astonishing wow. stuff. So that's how you got your start in that you wanted to, you're making these 3D models. What were you using to make these 3D Oh,
1: models? man, I started with uh, Bryce, which is actually like a landscaping program uh, for making like just art. Right. And then I got into Studio Max.
2: Oh, yeah, you got really well known on DeviantArt back in the day because you made this like really detailed bead.
1: Yeah, in in Bryce, in Bryce, which you weren't supposed to be able to do, like modeling in that, it was not what it was that's for. Um, yeah, no, no, and so yeah, there's that, and I like pushing systems too. Like so, that's why I was really messing around with Bryce to get it to do things it wasn't supposed to
2: be able to do. You still do um, that a lot?
1: Yeah, I think though, like where where we started doing games professionally though is because we wanted to make games that we could play together.
2: Yeah, because we both have very distinct flavors of games that we like to play and how we like to play games. And there was nothing that really fit, fit both of us. Yeah. And we like doing things together because, you know, we like each other. Really? <laughs> so it's time to do things together.
0: <laughs> Couldn't tell by your videos. Anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> and And that's where the first game started, and we've kind of kept this same theme in all of our games, yeah
0: and it's really come i mean this is why I want to talk about that because a lot of games now I mean a lot of games that have suddenly said, "You know what, remember when you used to sit next to someone and play a video game? Do you remember <laughs> that do you do you And like, oh, I think so, well, you know, um this is a good thing this is I mean one of my favorite memories of old is. Uh, not that far back, actually. I'm going to go back to the Genesis or Mega Drive days. It was uh, Micro Machines on on that, mm. where you uh, drove a little car around, and it, it was silly. It was te- you know the, the controls are awful, um, <laughs> but it didn't matter because it wasn't it wasn't Mario Kart. I didn't play because I didn't really have a SNES or NES back in when I was a kid. I had I was very much a, a Sega person, and also Amiga. I had an Amiga as well. And, I had an Amiga. a yeah. that thing. they were glorious. I still own one um i actually had a developer on last week we were talking about project x it was really cool um <laughs> but that as it may i just think that you're very much part of that movement where people were i actually went to an event the other week uh, in london where it was just loads of video games indie video games that were dedicated to multi-group play i mean there's one that required four players standing next to each other in order to and then of course there was nidhogg which is the you know playing that but it, you're very much feeding into that because your game um legend of dungeon requires that that sharing yeah. of experience
2: yeah it's something we get a lot of flack for actually um a lot of our players it's like the one thing they want they're like why don't you just have online play what's it, wrong with you
1: it wouldn't work it wouldn't no work. no, it no. Wouldn't. most people, of people don't understand that but it really wouldn't
2: people don't yeah. understand that the, the feeling and everything that happens when you're standing next to someone in the same room doing something together is totally different from if you're completely separate and possibly playing with someone you've never even met just yeah. uh, just the sheer level of griefing that is possible in Legend of Dungeon would <sighs> render it just unplayable online it really would
0: so. My next point is this: We've been hinting around this this topic. It normally happens when I do these interviews that we end up these questions deliberately designed to flow into each other. I've done this before. Um, what are your biggest influences? Not specifically about the game you've made, but just generally, what are the things you you keep on drawing back to? Could be anything. Could be a parrot. Don't care. But what what is it that you really think <laughs> that you, they you keep on going back to?
1: Uh, I, I think I, you might not see it so much in Legend of Dungeon, but I'm a huge Super Mario Bros. 3 fan. Right. I I,
0: There's... Specifically that game?
1: Yeah, specifically 3. And it's partially because of all of the interactive elements. There's all these small, simple things that have simple rules, and they all work with each other. So you'll get... um, turtle shells that you can pick up and throw and they smash the blocks yeah and you can smash the blocks and other things can interact with the blocks and they they all just um they piece together so that you can create uh generative gameplay yeah inside of a simple rule set and i've I've been drawing on that from the beginning uh,
0: absolutely exquisitely designed games they really really were i mean i didn't grow up with them uh, like I said, I went my first console when they came back into the fore was the Sega Master System. Told you, <laughs> uh, yeah. and which was great as well. And if, if, for, for what it's thing, it didn't have the same quality of the games, although there were some amazing games on that machine too. Um, but it weren't as prevalent as they were on the NES and the SNES. Um, and but especially those Mario games. And looking back on and playing them now, and playing the very latest one, 3D World on the Wii U, just. Mind-blowingly beautifully designed.
1: Yeah, from... yeah, they're really well done. Uh, especially uh, teaching the players how to play. Mm. By, yeah, by I their the does levels.
2: Yeah. But as far as biggest influences go, I think yeah. aside from that, um, just amusing ourselves <laughs> is, <laughs> is. If you
0: find it funny, then it. It, it goes in. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if,
2: yeah. Like uh, laser cats in Legend of Dungeon.
0: Why Why not, you know? Yeah, it's. I, mean,
2: it, it's, I find it hilarious, so yeah. it's there.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I like the descriptions of the items, which we'll come on to. Maybe we'll talk about it now, but some of the, like, awesome hat of something or awesome hat of protection. Like, what mm-hmm. does it even mean? Go on, try it on, see what it does, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, look, you look like an idiot, but you are amazingly powerful with that dumb hound. And why have you got a fish on your head? Just say <laughs> So yeah,
1: I'm gonna have to say a lot of our influence from for Legend of Dungeon was uh, from our Kickstarter. Our backers. Kickstarter
2: backers are responsible for some of the more silly items in the game. Yeah. That's true. Like that the fish is,
0: That's the best that's the best answer I've had of that. Yeah, it's the backers, is our influence. I never thought I'd hear the day. I don't uh, think it
1: was as funny of a game until people started requesting just crazy, crazy stuff.
2: Right? Yeah, they really wanted ridiculous things in the game, and then we really just let go. We're like, oh, sweet.
1: Oh, so I guess <laughs> it's not. It doesn't have to be a you know we had a fantasy few little,
2: little goofy things in there beforehand. Yeah, but it was definitely it pushed much it. funnier. They pushed um, it pretty far, well. and for that reason, actually, I'm. Tempted to go back to Kickstarter, no matter what, for any of our next projects. That's what I would like to do personally.
0: Just
1: to get the input.
2: To, to get the crowds. I'm.
0: I do back. I do back things. I'm putting my hand up and I have backed things. Some, some for the better, some for the worse. Um, mm-hmm. The worst experience I've had, and it's been. Well, I've had some misses where I've backed a board game. That's great, but I suddenly realise that it's in North America, and then they send it over here, and then I get shafted for. Customs. Oh yeah Seriously, it's really bad. I will get like, oh, I paid fifteen dollars or twenty dollars for the game, and then I get a call from the courier saying, yeah, you know, it's twenty pounds for, which is like (laughs) thirty dollars. So just
1: crazy.
0: It's like what? And now I'm very, very, very careful. Like my last ball game, I backed. I made sure that they've got. They're based in Europe, and they're actually Greece. They're based in Greece. And uh, the game is called Among the Stars. It's very good, really good. Uh, I'm not sure if you two play board games at all, but this it, is really good. Uh, but yeah, I was. But no, there was no duty because it's in the EU. But if it was outside, I, I don't do it anymore. I just like the best game in the world. I No, nope, not doing it because yeah. unless you, unless you sort out. I've actually messaged them saying unless you sort out a European solution, I'm not bothering. And they panic and they go, "Oh God, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" I so I don't know what you're gonna do, but honestly, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna pay. <laughs> And then he explains to them the duty problem, and they really freak out. They're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? He's like, yep. We sent out Sorry.
1: posters to the UK, and we
2: – Yeah, we didn't, we didn't even realize it until we had the posters. Right. Luckily, though, that wasn't the main content. Like selling a board game, I imagine, would be even worse because you're actually shipping physical things to all your backers. Yeah. This was just to like 60 oh, yeah. or something people. Yeah. But –
0: yeah. So I mainly, when I do international stuff, is always like video games, and that's been really, really good.
2: Um, I'm glad that you've had a good experience with it because I'm hoping Kickstarter lasts for a long time.
0: I like the crowdfunding. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm a bit anxious about early access stuff though because that makes you wonder what are you buying because that's a form of crowdfunding too. If you're mm-hmm. understanding, if you understand, you're transparent about the fact that this, this, the, the alpha access or early access as they call it. I believe they really should rephrase it or change it and say, we are asking for a crowdfunding. We can't finish this game without more money, so we're going to put this out there as it stands, and you have just given some more money for us to finish it off. If they were transparent about that, that's fine. But if you're not, that makes me anxious.
2: Well, there's other reasons to do that as well. Um, A lot of indie studios like us, Oh, yeah. we do not we do not have any kind of like a testing facility play testing or, yeah. and it costs yeah. a
0: fortune to do play testing doesn't yeah.
2: it yeah it does um i i can't even imagine actually doing it um <laughs> so we <laughs> so what we did was we used our beta testers like the, the actual humans that yes. wanted to play our game as the feedback for it and, and I think that's what a lot of the early access games are doing as well. Um, not all of them. Some of the bigger budget ones, I don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, for example, we can talk about this in DayZ. What? You're Bohemian Interactive. You've made loads of money from Armor games. What are you doing? What are you doing? It makes me wonder. It does make me wonder. Yeah, um, but I know DayZ's kind of Daisy, or, or sorry, I'm British. Um, you know, it's uh, it, that's why the alphabet song doesn't work for us. Doesn't um, rhyme <laughs> <line laughs> right at the end. Sort of falls over. Um, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, uh, it's it's a worry that you know a million copies of a game and it's not finished. It won't be out for another year. So I, good. <sighs> yeah. What are your um, well, who you most admire in the industry? As a person or a company or as an organization or what have you, who do you think, wow, they're really doing stuff that I like and I would uh, like to emulate?
2: I I kind of have a slightly off-the-side answer for that because they're not a game developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kelly Wallach, the woman who organizes the indie mega booth at PAX. Okay. <laughs> in, in a strange way, I think she's really changing the way indie games are coming together like they're banding together in more yeah. ways and more ways and i think she's one of the reasons for that
0: i think the mini booth was just the the booth within the booth mm-hmm. there's just like dozens of games yeah. in on rotation it was crazy yeah. it mm-hmm. was crazy i loved walking through there i yeah. spent more time in there than anywhere else i mean i thought probably spent 10 minutes playing titanfall because i went in the media bit where there was no queuing and I, <laughs> okay just play that i'm going to play playing that anyway i'll just get that out of the way because so it was just the main sort of like the stuff that people were queuing up for four hours for and people were queuing up that long i'm like i won't do it i've got time <laughs> and uh i just don't see the, see the point in that but whereas in the indie mega booth it's just you never queued if, it, if you were waiting, I mean there were some games that were really popular we all know the ones where they were including your own game as well that was always crowded lots of people <laughs> but there were times we went, Well, I'd like to play that but it's too crowded and I don't want to get annoyed at anyone because you know me so I went off and just found something else and it was great and that that indie little that collection of intense creativity was just amazing so yes yeah. good
2: answer what
0: about you Calvin Any, anyone particular or do you agree do you concur with your wife
2: I'm sure he agrees, well, right? I, I <laughs> well,
1: it's sense that you feel that way because you're very much on the PR end of all the stuff. Well, yeah, you do and I mean, I do the the stuff. super
2: show on Twitch every once in a while too. Yeah. But But um, yeah, no, I think what she does is makes a much more massive difference in a in a very real way because yeah. some I, people wouldn't be able to do it without her. Um, but you have some favorite deaths, I know you do. I'm sure, but like not, uh, not like. Um. Oh. I
1: can't remember his name. The guy. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 so, but I, You know, there's there's like... We have, we have friends in the industry. Yeah. Stuff, I mean, know.
0: I, I've known a lot of developers when I ask this question, they go, I'd rather not single anyone out.
1: And that's cool, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's what I get back gets stuff, too. I'd rather not single anybody
2: out.
1: And I... I mean, there's a lot of... there's, I mean, it, there's no better... Industry, I can imagine being in. Everybody just is like helpful, and almost everybody is helpful and kind. Yeah, ninety
2: nine point nine percent of the devs that we know are amazing. Yeah, yeah. I have only met one person that gives me slight reserves, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and I've still <laughs> seen them be really nice. So okay,
0: right? Okay, that's that's cool. Well, I appreciate that. Um, Some people just say a company, or say, "You know, I've been playing this game," and I think, "How the fuck did they do that?" And then I just think, "Well, they must have pulled something together out of the the hat." uh, That's what I get a lot of answers for them because, again, like I said, these questions all flow into each other. Because my last question is my favourite question to ask developers because it gives me a hint about how their minds work or what what's entertaining them. What are you playing, if anything? It can be tabletop as well. Uh, anything? What, what are you playing right now? What's distracting you from what you're supposed to be doing
1: right now? Oh, I've been building robots in Legos. <laughs> That's what I've been playing. Um, that in uh, Batman: Urban City. I
2: don't. Oh but you were complaining about that because they're actually like making you play the game now. You yeah. can't just run around. I just want to be Batman.
1: So who doesn't?
0: I mean, it's the old right. saying, isn't it? Always be yourself, <laughs> unless you could be Batman. Then, <laughs> always be Batman. Right. That makes um, sense. But, uh, so, how are you finding that? Because people criticize that game for its open-worldness. Is that what you're...
1: That's what like I like it? about it. the you like it? Uh, I do like the story stuff, too. But I think, like, just recently I got to the part where they introduced uh, knife dodging. So you have to, like, hold down a button and then move away from the knife. And I was just like, I don't... I don't know. That's not my kind of thing. I don't want to. I, I just wanted to press buttons and, and
2: hang up upside guys. down. Yeah, and
1: then like grab people. <laughs> um, and or uh, I like the. I don't know. I like running around, jumping, swinging from buildings and stuff like that. But I don't like the like level up your gear stuff. I'm not big into like maxing my uh, experience points to get more features. I just want to. I just want to sandbox.
0: It is interesting when you get aspects of games that were invented, I don't know, 15 years ago. I'm pointing at you, Diablo. And, <laughs> um, hey, I'm not nothing against Diablo. Uh, it's great, although it did destroy my index finger when I was playing it when it <laughs> first came out. Um, and I actually played it about three years ago and it hasn't held, held up at all. Don't, don't go back. Um, but <laughs> the thing about it is that those games and the big influence, they just... Spread, like a plague, everywhere. You got RPGs in Madden. Like, D- <laughs> D- <laughs> I just want to throw a ball. <laughs> 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 I don't want to boost the stats based yeah. on how many times he's thrown. Just throw the ball. Yeah. And uh, I think sometimes there are times, and definitely with with Legend of Dungeon, reeks of that. Is can we just get to the point? Yeah. And I think that's what you're expressing here is that. Look, it's Batman. He doesn't level up. He's Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a conceit of the game, and you, they want to show you some progress, and they want to make it this granular experience, and they want to bolt on stuff after stuff, and all sorts of this. this, this but, but
2: it's it's interesting because I love mid maxing, and I really enjoy like JRPGs and all of those things that. That you're, you both obviously are in agreement about not liking very much.
0: No, so, so it, it, I think it has a time and a place for it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm arguing. If I'm playing yes. Skyrim, I'm all up for the min-maxing stuff. However, <laughs> the, not
2: in Madden,
0: <laughs> not, not, not in FIFA. I'm a you know football soccer thing. So for me, it'd be FIFA. Uh, 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 oh
2: yes,
0: but uh, you know, of course, of course, it's football. Which weirdly, have They had at PAX this year. And the PR bloke says, You're British. It's, I'm not playing you.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> nice.
0: And I just went my most of the time spending destroying people at FIFA. Um because it's like in the blood. It's like <laughs> it's like we know I could I could wax lyrical about cricket. I don't like cricket, but I understand it. <laughs> so it's like Craziness. Um, but the, the the point is that I think there's a time and a place, and, and I think you're right. Batman, there could have been a more elegant way of doing it to show progress. Uh, and rather than just saying, look, you've now got a more powerful, you know, Batarang. What? Why didn't he have the more powerful one in the first place?
2: Yeah, he's like a bajillionaire. <laughs> he should have the best of the best all the time.
0: All the time, as he does in the films.
1: Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's
2: what I want. I want a Batman film kit. Yeah, I want to be Batman in a movie. No, I'm still going to play the whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I'm going to complain about. i Yeah. What, are you, yeah, what
2: right. are you
0: playing it on? Uh, on on, on PC, on PC yeah,
2: we, uh, Xbox we don't have any consoles really right now because we don't actually play enough to really justify, I guess. No, that's enough. cool.
0: I mean, as a journalist and covering everything, sadly, I've got yes, everything. Even yeah. the new ones, yes, you yeah. have everything. Um, this is not boats, yes. this is the point of fact. It's the, the trappings of the work, you know. Uh, I... say trappings is probably not a bad thing. Uh, but um, no, I've played it on the PlayStation 3 because, weirdly, the reason that we keep on playing on those games on the PlayStation 3 is because every time I demoed it, they put a PS3 controller in my hand going, they're telling me something. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always PS3 when I'm playing a Batman game? Why? So I think it might be the inverted commas lead platform, whatever that means. Mm. What about you, Alex? Were you playing anything Anything that's uh, diverting?
2: Um, for the last week, um, I was talking to some of my indie dev friends, and one of them was telling me about this game that they were working on called Card Hunter. Oh, yes. Um, and so I've kind of lost a lot of productivity to that this week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a it's, free-to-play game,
2: isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. Um, it's like a, it's basically it's a, a mix of like a collecting card game like Magic: The Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons.
0: That's right. Yeah.
2: And it's pretty pretty well done. Um, I'm really enjoying it for the moment. Um, I generally, I get very obsessed about a game for about a week okay. and then I stop because I'm like, I have to actually get work done and then I forget <laughs> it exists.
0: <laughs> That's how your brain oh. works. That's. But
2: what. I've, I've been recently, I've been leaning towards a lot of um, card games because I can play against AI and the game can just sit there and run while I'm doing other stuff. And then when I feel like stopping for a second, I can you know play a few rounds, take a few turns and then so get back we, to work. So-
0: so, what cool sort of games is it? What you doing? Hearthstone or something? Or
2: um, I played a little bit of Hearthstone, but it's too juicy for me. Um,
0: what do you mean? Uh, too pretty?
2: It's, they put so much shiny stuff in it.
0: It's so pretty. It's, it's so
2: too. Pretty. It's too pretty. Um, <laughs> too pretty. I know. It, what's that? It
0: is but... just full of glow. Do you remember <laughs> about ten years ago? Everything had that glow to it. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bloom. That was it. Loads of yeah. bloom. Yeah. But it's
2: like like the the little terrain that you kind of play on. You can like click on things, and if you click enough on the little pile of wood, it starts a fire. And like all this little excessive stuff, and it just makes me feel dirty. <laughs> it's, it's like this is so very obviously like.
0: <laughs> it, it's 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 it is it's a, not
2: indie it, enough. That's what it yeah, is.
0: It is. It's, it's Blizzard for heaven's sake. It's a behemoth. You know.
2: Uh, but I've I've played the Magic: The Gathering card games, right? And they're not nearly this shiny. No, no, they're not. Much more, no, you no,
0: know, N- no, 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 Alex, nothing is as shiny. as <laughs> <is> that <laughs> name. It, It's
2: like blinding
0: it how is. shiny it is. That's- when, I mean, it's, it, the big crescendo it gives when you actually say, "Here's a new set batch of cards you just bought for two dollars, you know, two dollars fifty or whatever," you, and it just goes to this big sort of deal, like just. Give me the cards. No no no, 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 We we must have this big set piece event. No. Oh,
2: fine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a little too much for me. Um. So, <laughs> so I did play that for just a little bit, just to check it out because I was curious. You know, it's a
0: yeah. Everyone needs
2: card game.
0: What what about um, Scrolls? Is it by um, Notch? Have you tried I that?
2: Haven't, I haven't tried that actually. Um, I kind of forgot about it. Weirdly enough
0: um yeah it's not he's not his minecraft that's for sure but apparently it's a good card game so
2: mm, uh, yeah maybe maybe i should check that out at some point after i've i've thoroughly exhausted card Hunter. um i've also played a little bit of soulforge which is kind of fun too
0: that's um, that's a good game uh yeah. it took a little bit of selling for me um because i do like i like i like ascension which is their other game uh, mm. that's a living card game not a it's like a deck builder, like Dominion. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a good game, a really good game, especially when you've got a good group of players around that understand the game mechanics and they can have a really good time with that. But uh, Soul Forge, I've seen channel games like before and I've never really glommed onto them, but this one seems to be quite good. The fact that cards change, they, they turn it into a real video game rather than a simulation of a, of a
2: Yeah, I, that's something that I really appreciated about it was that it made a card game that you couldn't actually play in real life.
0: That's right. You can't. The card's got three sides to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not physically possible to make it. Exactly. So, yeah, that's one of the things they showed me at uh, PAX last year. They said, look, it's got three sides. And they were really excited about it. And I realized that (laughs) Penny dropped to it. Oh, yeah, that is a bit mental. (laughs) It's a bit like the Zen pinball of card games. Because Zen pinball does that, too. It makes pinball machines or tables that you couldn't possibly make in real life. Ever. Uh, and that's cool. what people like about it or dislike about it, it depends on your your trait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, anything other, else?
2: Other games that we can play, like I, I'm into a little bit of uh, Starbound. I haven't played it in a tiny bit, but I I was enjoying it. And,
1: and Can We talk about
2: that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, no, I think that's a secret. I don't know if dev will let us. I don't okay. want to spoil it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I'm I'm playing. Hmm like the Elder Scrolls Online, which I understand, I can tell people I'm playing it, but I can't venture an opinion on it. Of course. Cool. So just yeah. leave, leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, moving on to more interesting things. Uh, oh, there it is. Um, so, um, let's go on to, thanks so much for sharing all your, about yourselves. Let's move on to now to uh, second half, which you tell us a little bit about Legend of Dungeon.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: So no, tell us, give us the, give us the, what is it? The Elevator pitch, I believe. Oh, oh, oh! have said this like
2: seven thousand times. It I know half. you
0: <laughs> have. Yeah. So I'm going to um, give you more of a floor there. You're not going to, I'm not going to limit you to thirty seconds. I'm just going to limit you to ten. No, go for it. <laughs> just, 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 explain to us what, what this, what this game is. Because I've tried and people just blink at me and go, "I'll just play it." So,
2: <laughs> so, how would you want to do it, or Can I? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um. Legend of Dungeon is a roguelike beat-em-up uh, in its base form. Um, it's very heavily inspired by the classic rogue, like the ASCII version. So it's very heartless, and you'll die a lot. Um, but you're
0: not an act sign, just to be clear.
2: But it but it also is... Um,
1: very much a beat up game. It's
2: a right i said roguelike beat them up i know that's why i said beam up i know but it's um <laughs> i'm trying to help <laughs> you help it's so good calvin I'm um but it's also um i can't remember the word for it procedurally generated graphics and music there's there's what it has right.
0: so again linking back to the elite comment book so it's procedurally generated
2: yes yeah. Yeah. so you have so a every- set
0: pattern and then you use that to generate more content
2: yeah, factory. every single time you play, the dungeon will be unique and the soundtrack will be unique.
0: The only thing is the same is the inn you start in.
2: Yep. Right, yes, because you have to have some starting ground that's not totally insane.
0: You do, yeah. Venturing out from that place is always scary, though. The amount of times I just fled back there for no apparent reason just, like, <laughs> just to calm myself. like. <laughs> so that's it, really. Um, you're absolutely right. It's a multiplayer game. Which leads on to my second, I I'm not keep on doing the lead-on thing, but it is my second question, is that why on earth have you done a multiplayer roguelike?
2: Well, just it a, is single-player real... too. Yeah, you can play it one player. Um, I know,
0: I know but... you and I enjoy oh. playing it one single-player too, but mm-hmm. I'm just intrigued that you've made a multiplayer roguelike. It goes counter to everything I believe in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
2: That's- one of the things that we were really striving for actually that was Indeed. something we wanted to do right away it wasn't it definitely wasn't an afterthought it was a less... was the,
0: so as the cornerstone of the game was that we'd want to play a multiplayer game from the inset and then for, from the outset i should say and then what what multiplayer game we're going to make is that right
2: well,
1: or would they sort of merge so it so the once, same we des-
2: once we decided that it was going to be a roguelike so yeah. we decided that we wanted it to be multiplayer.
1: Yeah, at the time, I was actually working on some code, some uh, beat-em-up code. I didn't For an know, entirely
2: different project. For an entirely <laughs> different
1: project. And then I, I stumbled upon the artwork uh, done by uh, Sebastian. Sebastian Yeah, yeah okay.
2: I don't know how to pronounce his last
1: name. Yeah, but anyways, he, he posted on to the pixel art subreddit, and I just fell in love with the whole art style, and I contacted him right away and asked if we could use it to put into a game and he said yes and we kind of went back and forth a little bit and
2: and we used started adapting
1: it, it we used his
2: style basically as the template for all of the characters in the mm-hmm. dungeon yep um, we've pretty much modified every single one of them at least with the color schemes yeah but so just kind of just made new ones too
1: yeah push out of that and we looking at the characters it was just obvious that it needed to be a roguelike and I already had the multiplayer code
2: from the beat-em-up
1: from the game beat-em-up, that we were
2: working on. it just on. kind of all went together. But I think a lot of the drive towards making it a multiplayer game was this fascination with the fact that it roguelikes generally are single-player games. Yes, like, yes,
0: yes! That's the point. It's you <laughs> versus the dungeon. Not,
2: okay, and so, yeah. so when, we, when we added the multiplayer concept in, we wanted you to be able to totally screw over your playmates like anybody right. playing with you like it could be you versus the dungeon and everybody else yes in a sense
0: um although when i play it to me my friends are like oh yeah we generally try and help each other out and yell at each other when we screw up
2: like, <laughs> okay. did you do that deliberately
0: <laughs> no? no are it's you called- being deliberately stupid no
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah no that's definitely something that happens uh it's it could definitely be the type of game where you get in fights with your friends if they just aren't doing things properly but um the <laughs> the, the fact that um like as you play it's a co-op game but that doesn't mean it's a game about teamwork there's nothing anywhere tells you you have to share your apples or you have to try to revive your friends when they die or or that shoving them into monsters and then picking up all of the gold that they drop is, you know, something that's not allowed. There's no rules as far no. as that goes.
0: No. It's just thing... there's a, there's a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Uh, which is one of the reasons why it would really, really be an awful online game.
0: Yeah. We'd have to yeah. It up oh, yeah. Yeah, because it'd just be a cluster F of, of people just griefing over and over unless you played in a closed environment with your friends and stuff right. um, which you do anyway because you just drag them around the home and said play this game um, and i think it does make for a way more entertaining experience than you sitting there watching someone playing a roguelike game mm-hmm. uh, we there's videos and stuff like that spelunky and stuff like that it's it's fine but, um, and they do have a multiplayer version of that game, but it's not quite the same thing. You actually, it's, it's built for both experiences, Legend of Dungeon. Single player works just as well as multiplayer. It's just that multiplayer record, um, just generates more noise, not from the game itself, but from the players.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I think multiplayer is, up. that's another thing. We didn't change anything about the way the dungeon generates based on how many characters are going to be playing.
0: No. Dungeon yeah.
2: is the same whether it's one person going through or four. Yeah. And, and what makes it harder is the other people.
0: Yes. Hell is other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't like saying that it because it's not strictly really true. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's a horrible quote from something. But um, yeah, and sometimes it is hell is other people. And we have to accept that sometimes. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about the art style. Now, I love the art style because. A lot of people say, "Oh, it's eight bit like," and they go, mm, "No eight bit machine could ever display that." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, let's be serious. Uh, it's it is you know it's it scales quite well to various machines, but you know, um, honestly, it does require a reasonably uh, oh, yeah. okay machine to run because the animation is great, but it's the lighting. Oh, yeah. Could you tell me about that? Because so, it's all about light sourcing and lighting. What, what is that about?
1: I'm always trying to like think of new ways to to like render things and, and put things together. Uh, you know, just try to make games. You know, look a little more shiny, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, trying to you know do something new, try to get people's attention. And I had this idea for these uh, the sprites that would have normal mapping on them. Uh, so, like, sprites that... Which
2: is normally what you do with 3D objects. Right,
1: with big 3D things to get super detail out of them. Uh, a lot of the standard AAA procedure kind of stuff. Um, and, and and pretty much nobody had done it. There were a few people who had the idea and talked about it on various boards. But they've never uh, but done it. nobody ever yeah, completed a whole game with, uh, that, I, th- that I've been able to, to At
2: find. least at that point, let yeah. me start. I don't know. Since then, I think there's been a few like that board... In- yeah,
1: yeah. But they don't do it. They, they don't use. We the lighting. went over the
2: top yeah. with our lighting because of the the fact that the sprites would respond to light as if they were three D.
1: Right. So we made it very much a part of the game. Yeah, everything has lights. And then, uh, another cool thing that we were able to do in Unity is to put the uh, use deferred lighting, uh, which lets me put in ridiculous amounts of light sources all at once if you've got a computer that can handle it. Right. So so it gets crazy, and yeah. and pretty
2: and. It- I think one of my favorite things about the lighting system is actually the dark rooms. That was something I insisted on having when we were talking about making the game. It's like we have to be able to plunge the character into absolute darkness.
0: Yes. Yeah, because there that's are...
2: something that happens in classic Rogue, basically, and it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's um, the, the, the stumbling around, and you are literally, well, mm-hmm. maybe figuratively, stumbling around. <laughs> Let's go for figuratively, stumbling around in the dark. And what I tend to do is there's got to be a switch. There has to be a switch. And then th- there is one. And you go, oh, that, that lit up something a little bit. And then you hear something go off. and am like, there's got to be a platform somewhere. <laughs> and I have a limited time to find it. And then I find it run out of time, go back to, oh, the switch. Uh, that happens quite fine. And it's just when you're stumbling around, then and there's your a, a great cyclops in there. Oh, great, thanks, nice combo. Run away!
2: <laughs> uh, that's, that's,
0: um, that's, it's...
2: It makes for memorable moments.
0: It I does. Think. It's up there with Battlefield moments. Um, <laughs> uh, I could tell you stories. But yes, I just think it really does make the game stand out. That, oh, look, oh, look, another bit, eight bit, like visual style. Like, no, no, look closer. Oh, God. And then just stuff happens. Even in the inn, when you approach people and they sort of suddenly start lighting up and sparks flying off them. And like, and it just lights up the whole place and like, what's going on? Um, but uh, yeah, really, really well done to both of you. Thank
2: you.
1: <laughs> it, it's something that while I was working on it, I would just raise both my hands up in the air and go yes because it just i was blown away by how well it worked you know you have an idea and you try it out but man that that really worked i was very happy
0: yeah to to have 2d because that's the thing you take the basic graphic style that people will remember 8-bit days but i do remember them and like i said they look nothing like this <laughs> really don't honestly. I can't stress this enough. Go and play an Atari 800 game or something like that, or an old, you know, Commodore 64 game like Commando or something like that. They look nothing like this, yeah. <laughs> they had about two frames of animation. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is, yeah, it has that sort of same pixelated style, but you throw in something from 2012 or 2013, the, the, the technology behind that, and this is what you get these amazing lighting effects and yeah. sound as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Speaking feels, of sound, it looks more like we remember those games than.
0: That's right. Games. It's what you remember them to be because you that's what you thought. There were amazing things back then. You were, I mean, the thing that drew me was the fact that I could control something on a television screen rather than just sit there and watch it passively. Right. Mm. That was the big thing for me. Um, uh, but anyway, that—that that's what really turned me around. Like, Hang on, I can control things on the screen and I'd have to sit there and just take it in. Amazing. That's me. I'm sold.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and that was Pong. Yes, seriously. Yes. My first video game was Pong.
2: That's
0: awesome. Yeah. My my brother and I were standing on boxes with this big yellow cabinet trying to <laughs> bat this thing between us and uh spent a lot of ten pence pieces that day, I can tell you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so music. The music in this game is also excellent. That's, Thank you. Um, is, we'll
2: pass that on to our friend.
0: Yeah. So, could you tell me how that came about? Who did that?
1: So, so I, I have a childhood friend. His name is David Derrick, and he has is just an absolutely amazing uh, guitarist and musician and composer. And uh, I mean, he self-taught, has been just like self-taught. us. Yeah, so yeah. we're like, yeah, we have to do it. But he's been he's been like a friend of mine, and just I, I've always just ridiculously admired his work.
2: And from, he's never from, done it professionally, right?
1: Never done. It for, well, uh, he had a band. At, well, he was in a band at one point, you know, things he's like that. He's never composed professionally. But uh, so if the media, like as soon as I had a game that needed a really like, I I immediately thought of him. Went and asked, you know, can, can we, you, we? I absolutely need your music into this game. And uh, we would sit down together and start talking about what it was going to be like. And uh, we actually took a lot of uh, inspiration in away from, um, what's it called, Jamestown. Mm. Um, it's kind of a pixel art game where there's this just epic soundtrack that's very serious.
0: Utterly so like, bonkers game. That mm, game yeah. is insane. You're, yeah. you're, you're this turn-of-the-century fellow flying through the... It's not in like turn-of-the-century, is it? It's 1700s. But anyway, right, right. in Mars. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> really I remember very, yeah, a lot of fond memories of that because I... Bought the game while I was there, and I played it on a laptop. And in the, in the, I think it was a PAX, and I put it on my laptop while I was at a hotel, and just going crazy with this amazing game. But yes, I see your point that the the music in that game was just as important as the visuals. It's,
1: it's phenomenal, and it's a very it's very serious and super f- professional. And
2: like, it felt like it belonged in a movie almost, right? As compared mm-hmm. to when like you look a lot at yeah, games. and
1: you're looking at the artwork, and you see this pixelated art, and it kind of just like brings it up a notch. And that's yeah. that's kind of what we were going for, is to get some very serious music with all these silly things happening that kind of, you know...
2: And when you were up. talking about the game and how it was procedurally generated and stuff like that, it actually... Dave... David was the one that came up with the idea of doing that with the music too.
1: Right, so we started talking about that. Oh, and, and he brought even, it up.
2: We didn't even know if it was possible.
1: Well, he brought it up, and I'm like, no, no, we can't do that because I'm trying to keep my scope down small. I don't want to, you know, do all this extra work and blah blah blah. blah. And we just kept break. It kept coming back up. It and was I'm so just, cool. It was just. Like, I was okay. all for it. I
2: was like, I don't care. Take an extra month. This is a cool idea. And
0: it's, so, um, yeah, I, I just thought i got to say feedback from me is that. It does reflect what you're doing. <laughs> it really does reflect how things are panning out for you, or not, yeah. as the case may be.
1: It was a lot of extra work to put in there, but I am so glad we did it. It just is, It's amazing to start up the game, and every time you play it, you get a new soundtrack.
2: Uh, it's, it's, which is also an amazing experience for David, because oh, yeah. he's basically listening to music he's written that he's never heard before. Wow. Which is really well, cool. I was it's,
0: away by that. Um, like I said, it's just as important as the lighting. I can't stress this enough. This game, it's everything. It all comes together, and it doesn't fall apart. It actually, not one piece actually stands above the other.
2: <laughs>
0: it all comes together in, in a nice little row, and uh, it would be it,
2: nice of you to say. <laughs>
0: it, 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 each each element, is very much the sum of its parts and uh, it complements each other but that 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 yeah that's that aspect really keeps you playing um you know it's there's people misunderstand like super hexagon people keep on playing that not because the game's great but then you want to hear the rest of the freaking track <laughs> seconds over and over and over again um so uh, you know and this is why i liked i love playing everyday shooter because I wanted to hear the rest of these guitar tracks that they, they managed to put out. It's you know, music is really important. Sound is really important. And yeah. um, you you do it well with the spot effects as well, because there's some really funny things that happen. Little little goblins that go rushing after you, you bump them over the head and they just squeal and <laughs> it's 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 you know, it's good stuff. Um, so and also one of the earliest memories I have as a kid I, I used to I didn't have an Atari, I had an in television. And uh, they had a game called, uh, for Dungeons and Dragons. And I was a big D&D player back then when I was a little kid. And uh, one of the scariest things I've encountered was this sound of a dragon in the dungeon. You ran around and you couldn't see where you were going. It was just like this sort of, um, it was fog of war before they had fog of war. But you'd walk around, you'd, all, all the passages were blocked off. You didn't didn't know where you could go. You could just sort of move. And it would, as you went, it would fill in in front of you, one square in front of you. So you didn't know what you're gonna land into. All you all you knew about was sound. <laughs> and you were guided by sound and then you walked around and it's like that's the sound of a dragon. And you go, run away dealing <laughs> <laughs> with that now And uh ever since then I understood the importance of the sound in, in, in video games. Mm. So final question. I hear you sigh in relief. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
2: We're
0: actually trying to get our cat to be quiet. Oh, bless him! Um, <laughs> so I can't hear him. So it's all her. Um, but um, Legend of Dungeon, the difficulty is quite high because it's a roguelike. It's bound to be. What tips could you offer new players to ease them into what is ultimately quite quite a, a steep, quite. A Cliff face when you actually go through that first door.
2: Well, we did add a how to play
0: oh, tab into it, it, which
2: which helps you just at least understand kind of the basics of what the control readout is, which is actually something that slightly less intuitive than we would like, uh just because there's so much information that we want to get across to you about
0: There is. There's lots of numbers there and it's yeah tucked away in the bottom left hand corner and it does its thing.
2: But uh, basically basically the biggest tip is don't get hit.
1: Yeah, don't take do <laughs> damage and do damage.
2: Yeah, don't don't no, get hurt.
1: Um, <laughs> no, there's. The, the, I actually, I think the the biggest tip is to realize that the timing is a big deal. Uh, you can't just go thwacking in at monsters like crazy. You've got to.
2: Each enemy has its own pace and its own mm-hmm. approach to you.
1: Yeah, and um, different weapons will help be helpful to diff- against different enemies and things like that as well. So uh, oh, timing, yeah, good.
0: Be prepared to run. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's okay yeah. to run. This isn't Diablo. Right. I mean, that's what people think when they see it. <laughs> they think it's a hack and slash just like any other, like Diablo or Path of Exile or any of those games. It's just like, you don't die in those. The only reason you die is you haven't hit the potion button. fast. Right. Okay? Um, <laughs> you can't do that here. There's no potion button. Even if you do, what you could do is halfway through the fight go, hang on. Just gonna eat an apple. Be right with you. <laughs> yeah. Just hang on. Boy, stop eating me. I'm tired. To... <laughs> and I'm dead.
2: In so... a lot of ways, he really did strive for realism inside <laughs> of the dungeon. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of true. Yeah,
0: like... yeah when well, you don't say, you know, hang on, I'm just gonna punch you in the face while chugging this potion, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm gonna carry him. And you're right. It's. It, there is, a, is a, definitely a case for, and some of the most, best, uh, most memorable gaming experiences I have is when I'm on the brink of death and I mm-hmm. survive, despite, you know, because you, you do extraordinary things and you manage to. Because when you're just powering through, it becomes, I'm going to say it now, and not this game, but other games, dull.
1: Yeah. It becomes dull. Uh, that's why I get bored of like the stuff.
2: I yeah I eventually that. eventually a lot of those types of games become a get better armor to fight harder monsters yeah I mean piece of slightly new graphics
0: yes it's it's the quest for truth justice and better stuff
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and it's fun yeah, for and, a while but it does
0: yeah but the truth and justice stuff can only last for a while <laughs> and then you realize that no one really likes playing a paladin <laughs> because it's, it's really horrible uh in the end because you're just annoying you're like annoying players saying no you can't do that <sighs> what now yeah so i, I play D and stuff and other rpgs and them paper rpgs and when you got a player i'm a dm as well and when i get a player who's a paladin i always roll my eyes because then it's like I'm going to have to deal with this fellow <laughs> because he's going to say, I, I can't do that. I'm a pal. Oh, please. <laughs> one of the other players ended up punching them, but uh, oh, no. <laughs> I know it's quite, it's just, it's, I don't know. Well, that's one of the
2: benefits of playing a game in the same room as someone else is you can punch them.
0: That's, you can that's punch
2: valid them. Valid occurrence.
0: Yeah, to do. So, um, thanks for that tip. You're absolutely right. It's, and any others? Or do uh, you think you've covered it? Just to...
2: I, I would have, like, when I said don't get hurt, I was really serious. Um, there's, <laughs> there are ways of not getting hurt more, but the concept of, oh, I've taken a little bit of damage, that's okay, is totally false. Yeah. Because what actually happens in the game, there's a little dev insider piece of information, is as you play the game, you get down to the 26th floor, you get the treasure, and then you have to go back. What happens when you have to go back is monsters respawn throughout the dungeon. They do. But items don't. No. So all of the health that you have amassed and the apples and the healing potions that you've gotten that gives you health, once you have reached the bottom, that is it. <laughs> you don't get it anymore.
0: No. And although you are, you have been leveled up, and when you level up, it's great animation, by the way. Good job. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're right. You, you're bereft of any stuff. So you have to make it last.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really you are in a dungeon. There is no magical. Well, I guess the potions are sort of magical. But like, there, there's no magical fix for any of that kind of stuff.
0: And, and it, really, it really works well with a controller as well, I have to say. Uh, I use the 360 controller with it. Was it designed for that or more mouse and keyboardy?
1: It was designed to pretty much use any controller. It
2: was one of yeah. the inspirations that we took from the Jamestown game, actually. The fact that you could just set whatever controls you wanted for the game.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Because he opens up and said, you know, define your keys. And that was like a retro thing. Like, I remember that, defining keys. <laughs> but it, it gives you that flexibility rather than you having to do WASD and stuff. Because a lot of people don't like that. A lot of left-handed uh, people don't like it. They can't deal with it. They have to use the QWERTY keys.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I have um, like a modded out desk uh, controller, and you know, I wanted it to work with that too. You know, I wanted it to work with pretty much anything.
2: anything. Anything we could throw at it, we threw at it.
0: Um, That's good. So the only way to do that is to, to put the controller or put the, the define keys thing. Yeah. Works a treat. <laughs> Right. Well, we're going to wrap up now. Have you got any? I mean, you're you're working on new things, no doubt.
2: We're working on updates for Legend of Dungeons, um, okay. and we're also starting to conceptualize a new game that we can't talk about yet. But um, of course not. Legend of Dungeon updates are going to be because of the Kickstarter, right? Um, and we're going to have uh, a pet system and classes that you can unlock as you uh, find them and rescue them in the dungeon. Okay. And we're also currently I'm working on
1: Steam yeah. achievements and a save and resume feature.
2: Yeah. For
1: noobs. Yeah. Save um, and
0: resume. Yeah. On a rogue oh fine. Well no, okay, it's, so... classic. <laughs> it's
2: fair. It's 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 canon. In classic rogue, when you exited, you got a save file and you can load that up again. And it's uh, a little delete afterwards. So it's yeah. the same kind of deal. There's no cheating.
1: No. Well you could. Unless you really really evil, the upsetting thing is that I can't
2: If you want to ruin the game for yourself, we won't stop. <laughs> that's basically
1: what that is. We'll try, but we can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: uh, it's it does restart very quickly though, in Super Beat Boy like fashion. Uh, that's important. That games like that, like I'm playing Oli Oli at the moment with Vita, and that's got that too. Like you're going through a run, and you go, "Oh, I'm doing badly. I'm scoring no points here. Restart." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time, and I really appreciate you being on on the show.
2: Thank you for having us. We really appreciate getting the chance to talk. That's nice.
1: Okay. There's nothing we like more than talking about our video games. Yeah! (laughs) Except
2: maybe (laughs) eating cake. Cake cake is good.
1: Cake
0: is good. Mm Mm-hmm. and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer who to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com. Hi!